After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Middle call! Heavy, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's another edition of Haberman of Middlecoff. I'm Guy. That is John. Great to have you. Hey, Puzzle. Uh, Mexico got knocked out. Oh, man. I was. John, I was in my bag. No idea if I was in my bag or not. But I was enjoying myself on uh, Wednesday. I flip bag on of, some bag of French fries. French fries, or <laughs> I flip on some soccer. It's um, Argentina. Is that is that Messi's guys? Uh, Messi's Argentina. Yeah, it's Argentina. Poland. Poland is gonna advance as long as uh, Mexico in another game. Mexico, whoever they're playing, they won two to one. I saw. They won two to one, but they had to score like another goal. Actually, gotcha. Because goals, they were they were tied. Poland and Mexico were tied, and goals scored was going to be their tiebreaker. But they were tied in goals scored, so it went to the fifth tiebreaker, which was uh, a Boy Scout points or whatever they call it. Good, good Samaritan points. I don't remember what they call it, but the tiebreaker was yellow and red cards. Yellow and red cards was the tiebreaker, and Mexico had like seven yellow cards. And Poland had like four yellow cards. So that was going to be the tiebreaker unless Poland gave up a goal. And Argentina was fucking peppering, peppering Poland's net. They were up to nothing and they were not resting anybody. Nobody was sitting. They were just hammering the poor Poles who were hanging on for dear life to their spot in the next round of the World Cup. God forbid they got a red card. That would have been a disaster. Um, very bizarre. Very bizarre. But I actually, I found it. I don't know what you're doing over there. I found it very, I was very entertained by it. A little light right here. I don't know where it's coming oh, from. Oh, yeah. What is that? Uh, it's just the light coming from the uh, from the, the door. Down. Yeah. I uh, Someone DM me yesterday said, keep the soccer take takes coming. They were fantastic. So mm-hmm. that's that's a good little breakdown. Yeah. I, I, I think the NFL should institute like a, a penalty tiebreaker. Like most pass interferences? 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, offsides. Defensive personal holding. Fouls. Personal fouls. Personal fouls. The more personal fouls, the more likely you are to advance because your team's probably entertaining. Did you know, well, I think you know one of them because I text you, that Jed's squad in the EPL doesn't just have one, but two American starters on the squad? Starters. Starters. <laughs> I've got there's like four people on the internet that are constantly tweeting at me about leads, which I appreciate. I don't complain, but uh, I did not know that. No, do you know that the 49ers have the outright ability to buy the team? One right now, they're they own 44%, and the other guy owns 56%. Oh, I thought but they already it, upped it, or this it, is well, the, they did. They went from like 10 to 20 to 44, but by 2024, they have the ability to purchase the entire thing to themselves. Wow. Like he is going to own. And I mean, he is Kroenke, uh, the Glazers. Yep. And in 2004, Leeds was a top, you know, five or six team in in European in the EPL. So, fucking coming with America. Are they are they in the uh, top tier right now? Yeah, they got bumped up. All right, Al Guido, go get it. Uh, <laughs> Americans. So John, 2024. Here's some things that'll happen in 2024. Uh, Jed will become the complete controlling owner of Leeds. The college football playoff will expand. The Broncos will still have three years left on Russell's contract. (laughs) (laughs) So did the Rose Bowl bow out of being the Rose Bowl? Uh, Well, they're still the Rose Bowl. I think what they did was give up. Like what they wanted to do was hold on for dear life to January 1. But you can't be a part of the playoff and and guarantee that you're always going to play on January 1 because things rotate. So So they were like the last landowner in a hostile takeover that's like, okay, I'll give in. Yeah. And they gave in to their spot. They gave in because, like, of course they did. But they're going to play at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it'll still be the Rose Bowl. It's just they, you know, the Rose Bowl is also the January 1st Rose Bowl parade, all of that, which I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure it'll be worth it. And uh, they can find, uh, you can still do the parade on Jan 1 or figure it out, whatever. I don't know exactly. Because the playoffs are going to start before Jan 1, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We're not getting three and a half week break for a game. You would think not. No. Yeah. You don't have time. Which is, not, which is not needed. Isn't it funny that like the NFL just gets into just the, yeah, now we're in the meat of the NFL <clears> season <throat> and college football is just done. Saturdays are just about over. You know? know. Uh, we are sponsored by our wonderful friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. Tito's Handmade Vodka. This is an awesome sports weekend. You got uh, Bloody Mary, 7 a.m., USA, Pacific, 7 a.m., or wherever you are, 8, 9, 10, wherever. It's going to be Bloody Mary time in the United States of America for USA and uh, Netherlands, um, who rock the Tito's Orange. And, um, you know, what a great time. Or a Friday night, Pac-12 championship game Friday, Saturday college football all day long, uh, Sunday all day long. Thursday, if you're listening to this before, Thursday night football is actually good tonight, in theory. Bill's Pats. Tito's Handmade Vodka John goes with any holiday, goes with any game, goes with any mood. Goes with any mood. What if you're in Hawaii? I mean, you got to get up at 4 a.m. to watch the soccer game. Yeah. Good call. We need a Bloody Mary. Just add some Tito's. You know, Bloody Mary Tito's, hard to beat it. Uh, You know, tonight, Sunday night, or Thursday night football, Friday night football with the Trojans versus those Utah Utes, which I think is going to be a sneaky Utah home game. Salt Lake City is not sold out. Yeah, I, I think the environment is going to be the best Pac-12 championship environment ever. I've begun to think, well, I agree with that. It's a sellout at Allegiant Stadium. I can't imagine they ever had a sellout at Levi's. They did not. Um, I'm beginning to think that maybe we just shouldn't hand this game to USC so quickly. I would agree. So, I think it's going to be tough. And if you're a Trojan fan, you might need Tito's, so go buy yourself a bottle. 
because you might need it for Friday when you kind of get screwed if you lose the game because you got to play an extra game and Ohio State takes your spot. But that's for another time, another place. At least you got Caleb Williams. At least you got Lincoln Riley, and you'd probably head to the uh, Rose Bowl. I guess you wouldn't, actually, because would Utah head to the Rose Bowl if they win this game? Utah would go to the Rose Bowl, yeah. That's kind of cool. So they actually have a lot on the line, back-to-back oh, Rose yeah, Bowls. Because if they lose, they're probably not going to the Rose Bowl. They could, they but they're probably not. But they wouldn't probably even get a BCS game, right? A New Year's Six? I guess BCS doesn't exist Probably anymore. not, because they'd be a four-loss team. So yeah. a lot on the line. Trojan fans, get your Tito's out. And hell, I mean, if it goes well, you'll be celebrating. If it goes Ute, bad, you'd be drowning your sorrows. Hey, Ute fans, for those of you that celebrate, you've been to Salt Lake City, John. Salt Lake City, sneaky good bar scene. Tito's a great order there. Do they make Tito's in the old-fashioned pot stills? Yes, they do. Is it harder? You're damn right it is. Is it better? Absolutely it is. Do it right. Do it tight. I don't know if that's Tito's slogan, but it might be. Um you know, Tito's incredible, John. He didn't when he started the thing, as you know, back in '95 or yeah. actually pre '95. He wasn't like Googling; he was looking at old photos of moonshiners and Prohibition era uh, alcohol makers, and just kind of building his uh, stills and copper pipes. He used like an outdoor fryer. And he just started cooking the Walter White of Austin Tito's, and uh, now of the world, and certainly of this of, of this uh, red, white, and blue. So uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka, go get it. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. You know what I love about a good documentary from the 90s is when you want to find information and you can't just go to this little thing called the Apple iPhone and just type it into the internet. You had to go to the library. Yeah, or like go find somebody and talk you to them. Remember those roller things with the newspapers? I do. <laughs> We're also brought to you by Butcher Box, free ground beef for life right now. ButcherBox.com slash ham, code ham. Free ground beef for life, ButcherBox.com slash ham, code ham. Go do it. Go do it right now. ButcherBox.com slash ham, free ground beef for life. Like I said, just go to ButcherBox.com. Check it out. You get They got organic chickens. They have steaks, ribeyes, T-bones, uh, obviously ribs. It's fantastic ribs. Can't recommend them enough. Curate your box, delivered right to your house. And plus, guy, uh, free shipping. Yeah, free shipping. Yep. So how do you beat that? You get ground beef for life, free shipping. Uh, they're our friends. They've been a longtime partners. You and I have eaten their food many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fantastic. They deliver it in those styrofoam cold boxes, so that yep. it comes ready to rock and roll. Unlike I went to Trader Joe's for the first time in a decade last night. Your cold boxes there aren't even closed. These are closed. So uh, yeah. Get on it. Get on it right now. Uh, butcherbox.com slash ham. Use the code ham when you check out. So you got a double ham uh, for limited time. Our listeners, ground beef for life plus 10 bucks off your first order. Ground beef for life in every order. You're going to get ground beef for the life of your membership. And I mean, use ground. I could eat ground beef seven nights a week. Uh, butcherbox.com slash ham code ham to claim this deal. My, I think tra- Trader Joe's a little weird for me. How so? I don't know something about the I, – I'm just a normal store guy. I, I don't – you know, somewhere in the middle. I, I don't quite okay. know what it's going for. I, I like a store that's either like a convenience store where it's just all kind of right there or just a grocery store. It's kind of in the middle, but then it has like their versions of things, so I don't yeah. really know what's going on. Yeah, I can see that. Not my vibe. I love it 90% based on I can get around it in eight minutes. It's just – I get lost in a safe way. I just know what I'm looking for in a safe way so I can boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom. I know where the peanut butter is, the ketchup is, the meat is, and they just hit it, hit it, hit it. I can be in and out of a safe way in 15 minutes. 
Uh, Corey says, I've picked the Niners to lose twice this year, Atlanta and Miami. They have to score points. Can't far, fall far behind. I guess he picked them to beat the Chiefs. That was a tough L, but um, uh, yeah. But I mean, hey, picked them to beat the lose to Atlanta was a good bet. Here's a little, here's a little nug for you, John. The 49ers, when they played the Chiefs, allowed 44 points. Since the Chiefs game, they've only allowed 40 total points. 40. Four games, they've allowed 40 points since they allowed 44 to the Chiefs. Well, Chiefs are good. Chiefs are a real contender. Chiefs are the number one offense in the league. The Rams, on the other hand, stink. And the Chargers, no Keenan Allen, Mike Williams in that game. The Cards, no Kyler, no Ertz. Rondale Moore got hurt like on the fourth play. The Saints, well, you just watched him, Andy Dalton. The Dolphins are much closer to the team that scored 44 than any of the teams they faced the last, the face the last four weeks. Yeah. So it's been all well and good to dominate fourth quarter shutouts, all that. But the Dolphins are sixth in the league in scoring. This is a different animal. Well, who's the best team they've beat up to this point for being a team that I think gets Super Bowl contention respect, gets respect as one of the best teams in the league? You look at the resume, if this was college football, their resume up to this point would be pretty questionable. It is a college football resume, right? Like you yeah. would choose to play a lot of the teams. They, Seattle, is that the best team they've beaten? Uh, I mean, do you think the Chargers are going to end up making the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, the version of the Chargers they played. But yeah, I mean, I think the Chargers are good. Yes. Yeah, because they're quarterback. Seattle, it feels like Seattle got better post the 49ers win. But I still think the 49ers are going to beat them again. Like I, yeah, I, I, I think, think Seattle's a playoff team, so... I look today, Geno Smith has the number one completion percentage in the league when he's not pressured. He's 77%. Well, you don't get to not be pressured when you play the Niners. I think the seven seed comes down between the Giants or Seattle, and Seattle might just have the edge based on their schedule. You know, they play the Rams twice. You know Seattle's like a seven-point favorite on the road this week against the old oh, Bryce really? Perkins? No. So, um, yeah. So, the 49ers, this would easily be their biggest win of the season. And... Part of having, like, I, I see some people throwing around historic defense. This defense is really good relative to the NFL, like the 2022 NFL, historic NFL. They're missing players. I mean, they're just, I mean, you can't, they're, they're not as good as they were earlier in the season based on Mosley is better than the corner they're rolling out and not having Eric Armstead, who is their second best defensive lineman. Their second best defensive lineman has not played. I can't even remember the last time he's practiced this week, though. He did, and hopefully he comes back. Like, that is a big deal for him to come back. But, like, what they've been doing this against is, like you said, Andy Dalton, Colt McCoy, which is what you had to do. You can only control who you're playing. But, like, you you can't – like, if you win this game, let's say, 28 to 25, like, part of being an all – do you think most common fans view this as an all-time defense? Because the one thing 49er fans, I think, know – all their best teams, whether you're our age, whether you're older, they've all, from Walsh to Seifert to Harbaugh to now Kyle have been defensive-led teams, right? right? And the Harbaugh defenses, I think, were better than this defense. League was a little bit different. And some of the Walsh, I mean, the 49ers defense, when we were kids in 94 that won the Super Bowl, had like seven all-pros led by Deion fucking Sanders. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Nick Bosa, and he's headed that way, but Deion Sanders he- like, five defensive player of all time yeah yeah no i don't i don't i don't think people talk about this defense with the reverence that like an all-time great defense gets but i you know they do get talked about like the number one defense in the league which in many which is important categories they are yeah 
which but they deserve. Part of those numbers are have been built. You just have to acknowledge this. Part of those numbers have been built against bad offenses. Who are the best quarterbacks they've played? I mean, obviously Herbert, right? But is two of the second best quarterback they've played this year? Uh, I mean, Mahomes. Oh, yeah, Mahomes. And he fucking eviscerated him. Is two of the third best quarterback they've played this year? I got to do a quick review of the schedule here, but I think he might be. Fields, um, Geno, Stafford, they kicked his ass, who was terrible this season. Yeah, so... But whatever. I mean, you like you said, you can only beat the teams you can beat. This is just this game is a playoff team, right? Yeah. This is a playoff game. Now, on one hand, you go, well, you've won four in a row, so you've helped yourself out. You just stayed for sure. There aren't, you know, no tie break. This isn't some tiebreaker thing. This game is going to come back to bite you in that way at a later date. You taking control of your division. You're better than Seattle, so you should win your division. All that stuff. But I do think some of the the give them their flowers from the last game, and we did, and the Arizona game for sure, we did, everybody did. Like this is a week where if you go beat Miami, whether you play great defense or whether you just outscore them, either one, now I think you really start talking about, okay, you're a Super Bowl contender. And I think Miami's it's going to be the same for Miami, going on the road to play the Niners. Like we're going to be talking about Miami like a real Super Bowl contender if they win this game. For sure. And, and listen – if you win this game and you're eight and four, I think you, me, every 49er fan would have signed up. I told you at the beginning of the season, 12 games in eight and four. Are you signing up for that? Yeah. Before you play a game? 100%. Even though I think there were visions of potentially being like a 13, 14 win team, you would have signed up for eight. You would and four. have thought that that puts you at second place in the NFC West, maybe behind the Rams or something, but you would have taken it. But, and who knows? Maybe they're nine and three. You're right there in the mix. Knowing that 10 game, 10 wins puts you in the playoffs in the NFC. For sure. So eight and four, it's doesn't matter. It's because it, I think we'd all agree <clears throat> a little weird how they got here. It's been a, again, another little story of Kyle Shanahan's life, John. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a roller coaster. You're eight and four, and you're eight and four, and you just beat Miami, which, like we've just said, is a fantastic win. And you got Tom coming in, which, in a weird way, it feels like an easier game, though that game will definitely be hard. Uh, but you, you just, to me, it feels like under Kyle Shanahan now for three straight years, the quarterbacks they've had successes against are guys that can't move and are not athletic quarterbacks like Mahomes, Josh Allen, obviously Kyler when he's healthy, guys that can get outside the pocket and throw the ball. That is not Kyler's deal. Or, I mean, excuse me, that is not Tua's deal. Wrong little quarterback. In fairness, Tua, people like him. Likeable. I, this, yeah. is, this is where I, Tua is very likable. I've seen some press con- He is a fun guy. He messes with the media a little bit, and they laugh. I enjoy Tua. Early studies tape. <clears throat> Tua? Yeah, tries. I mean, just tries. But he's not an athletic guy. And he's a sitting duck if you have a good pass rush against an offensive line, which is who knows who's actually going to play. I think they're trying to act like guys are going to play that probably are not. So you should eat this guy alive. He is not running away. Even Andy Dalton, there were a couple times last week he just took off. Andy Dalton's a good athlete. Again, I say this relative to NFL players. Relative to everyone listening, me and you, Obviously, all these guys are really good athletes. Two is a good athlete relative to society. But relative to quarterbacks in 2022, he's on the bottom end. And it's why, like, when you start looking at the playoffs, like, Dak's a problem. Jalen will be a problem. Cousins, not as much, right? I mean, guys that just can't move, 
the Niners, when they've won games, have eviscerated those type guys. So Tua falls in. I, I think it's weird because small little quarterbacks, you go, I bet he's a move around, run around guy. That is not his deal at all. He is a pocket quarterback. Do you know who Kyle Shanahan compared him to? Matt Schaub. He's like, he reminds me a lot of Kyle in a weird way took a shot. He he was just thinking like all of us. He's like, you know, they asked him, what have you thought of how, what Mike and Tua have done? He's like, you know, coming in the year, I didn't know quite know how it was going to look. Kind of like, you know, most people didn't feel that good about Tua. He's like, I watched him in the first couple of preseason games. I could tell like he kind of got him going. And by the first couple of regular season games, clearly he likes watching his guys. And, and Kyle's talked about like he just watches other teams play. And maybe it's just simple as he's playing this team later, just keeping an eye on Mike. But he's like, he reminds me of Matt Schaub. And the way he he described it, actually, it's, it sounds like a shot when you say that name. Not Kyle's not thinking about it like that, but just the outside. Like, yeah, Kyle's like, you guys don't understand. I hold Matt Schaub in high regard. <laughs> if just like he puts his foot in the ground, the ball's out. And, you know, these guys get a woody for that, right? One, two, three, ball out. And, and very decisive with where you're going with the ball. And you, when you watch Tua play, feels like, God, where's this ball going to go? And then a guy would just kind of comes under it. But it's all from within the pocket. All of it. Which I think bodes pretty well for the Niners. And hell, next week, I mean, it's Tom fucking Brady. But Tom goes nowhere. And now his worse is out. So it's like, you, you have to eviscerate these quarterbacks. In a weird way, Heineke is nowhere near Tom Brady or even Tua this year. But if you watch Heineke, like he kind of runs around, you know, I can already see Heineke making some plays on the Niners, just like does a 360 in the pocket, runs around, hits Terry McLaurin. Like those are the things that the Niners, because they're very fundamentally sound. They're always in the right spots, but like they will miss you with the defensive lineman, right? Because they're coming up field. Well, yeah. they don't when it, with athletic guys, they do not miss guys that are stagnant. That's Dalton where it's make like, guys hey, miss. Yeah. Ted is not to his thing. Yeah. That's what I think is a huge advantage this week of of getting to a because he can't run. If I told you he was a big time athlete, it would be scary. Like he even if he doesn't have a great arm, but he can run around. Like, oh, it's gonna be a nut day. He is a pocket quarterback. Yeah. I, I think the the thing he's got going for him though, and that still makes it challenging for the Niners, is that Mike McDaniel, even though their thing has not necessarily been to the same degree that the Niners like to like run the quick game. But they can do that, right? They can just get the ball into Tyreek's hands, end arounds, bubble screens, Jalen Waddle. Like I would imagine Mike McDaniel's game plan this week is just to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. And he's got, you know, his own little yak bros over there that can still create problems for you if you don't tackle. Well, do they try some of the Chiefs stuff? Get Absolutely on the they do. And I think the Niners have been better against that type of stuff since the Chiefs game, but these guys have Isaiah Pacheco. They got their own Isaiah Pacheco, number 10. You know? <laughs> Pacheco's pretty name, sweet, right? bro. Isaiah yeah, Pacheco. Isaiah, yeah, he's, he's good. Fucking looks just like Tyreek. It's crazy. <laughs> Runs really hard. Put put 10 on him, and you, you for a second, if you were groggy or just woke up from a nap, you think you were watching like an old Chiefs game. So, like, I do think Mike McDaniel has a counter here to, to the Niners' pass rush. And I do think – do you think you're going to have to score points? You're not winning this thing 13 to seven. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, I mean, I don't know if you gotta score 31, but you have to actually score touchdowns on the red zone, which is a major problem for the 49ers. Which their defense is not good. Like, one thing you would say about the Saints when they're relatively healthy is like Dennis Allen, defensive coordinator, putting together a defense should be pretty solid. Is their team gonna be good? Are they gonna, 
Mike McDaniel's deep, their defense is not good. It's not good. So, like, you got to take advantage of that. Now, they do have a couple interesting pass rushers yeah. that, depending on how they rotate them, like, obviously, 71 is not going to be a problem. But there was a play yesterday or last week that kind of went viral where McGlinchey was blocking air. And it's just like, I, there are just consistent plays where the guy goes by him, but then he stays in his stance. Everyone else is on, guys. Trent Stone and a guy, and McGlinchey's blocking like the ghost of Bourbon Street. It's like, I, I am telling you. The who? You know, because they're playing the Saints. Ghost no, that's really know. good. I like yeah, it. Just, uh, nobody. And because it's like, I'm Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, fundamentally sound. Like, you're just, you're just not that good. It's, and you're kind of a liability. I would rather have a liability at guard or center than just because at least you got bodies in there to help. He's just constantly kind of by himself. Yeah. I mean, pressure up the middle is a pretty I know, thing. but at least you could just always take the center over there. Yeah. So they got they got Bradley Chubb. They got Jalen Phillips, who right? actually looks pretty good, who they've kind of He's moved to well. stand up linebacker. That's the UCLA yeah. Miami guy, right? That's the UCLA Miami guy. And then they got Melvin Ingram. Who's about 60 years old, but he's still going. Just let, just put him on Trent and let, you know, take Trent out by having him and then put, I don't know, uh, Phillips and Chubb on the other side or something. McGlinchey, man. I just... It's weird because in football, I guess if you're a sales guy and you have a sales meeting once a quarter, it's like, well, you didn't sell anything. So it's like back when everyone was always in the office, you'd get exposed. In football, every single week, you're watching the tape of yourself with other people on your own team. So it's pretty clear. It's, you know, great players have bad games, but like every single week, like is is Forrester just berating him? I mean, is he, what are we doing? Or does he just know like this guy has limitations that screaming at him? I just got to keep his confidence up. Not throwing the ball deep. Yeah, you just got to keep his confidence up to play the best of his ability, which is probably a C plus. A question from Brian. He says, isn't, Christian McCaffrey permanently day-to-day. Well, that is a problem. Did not practice Wednesday. I've not seen yet today what has gone on Thursday. So Probably out there this, now. You would, yeah, as you listen to this, you may already know. I'm not sure if it's raining down there, but... Um, it, that, it is. That might affect the way you... Bar- Barrows Road, or Lombardi, okay. it was like 53 degrees. Is it raining where you are? Yeah, it's, ra- it's raining in the North Bay, but I just mean, do you, if a guy has a, a knee that is uncomfortable... Do you put them out there in wet conditions? Maybe not. Um, it's, a, I think it's safe to say without being alarmist, without being dramatic, without being over the top, that it is officially a concern. You know, I'm, it's not your worst fears have come true. It's far from that. But the fears you had when you acquired McCaffrey, um, that he, he has had trouble staying healthy in his career, like this is part of that, right? It's not always Elijah Mitchell, you just know, six to eight weeks out. ACL tear that that stuff is devastating too, but uh, uh, just having some discomfort or what well, uh, discomfort hasn't been the word they've used for McCaffrey's knee, but just like an unidentifiable, undefinable issue, um, it's a problem. But we, they officially this is a problem. My, my question with this is: this already you know when a guy it happened to Sherman when he started having Achilles uh, Achilles soreness. Mm-hmm. And it happens to a lot of guys. And then it, they, they just say, well, it's going to rip eventually. So you just play through it. Do they already internally go, this is going to be something in the offseason that we're going to have to scope. We're just going to have to play through it. Or is this just something completely random? Because yesterday watching Kyle Shanahan, 
he completely paused when when they kind of went, well, what's actually his deal? Like, what is his injury? He looks down at the paper, which obviously he wrote the paper. You know, he knows. <clears throat> I think he was trying to really think this through, and he's just basically like, I, we'll just see what happens tomorrow, and hopefully he can play in the game. And, yeah, that'd be our goal. And I just went – it hit me because I, I was skeptical of the amount they gave up for an injured running back. Then two weeks in, he has three touchdowns three different ways. It was remarkable. <laughs> Walter Payton, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Christian McCaffrey. Like that game immediately went down in like NFL historical, like all time great perspective. Wouldn't you just, that's those three names? And given that they had just traded for him. So then I pivoted and went like, well, fuck, can't miss it now. What he already did for you because he helped them win that game. And then you realize when you trade for an injured guy, it's hard to anoint a trade quickly, right? Because yeah. the more and more games you play, the more chance the guy has to the guy can get injured. And let's face it, like they're going to be playing well into January, a place Christian McCaffrey just has not, hell, he hasn't even been playing right the last couple of years. He's been in irrelevant games. And it's part clearly, of what's attractive about him being a Niner is all of a sudden he'll get to be on this playoff stage, right? I think part of what makes him attractive just watching him play for the Niners is why John and Kyle probably really liked him because he lowers his shoulder, he's physical, he's tough. He's, I mean, he, he is a he's an impressive guy just in terms of just like competitive character. But th this is a major concern. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. If Elijah Mitchell wasn't hurt, yeah, it wouldn't be as big a deal. But they they did trade their second, third, and fourth round picks for them. Like they, they did invest a when they already don't have a first round pick. When you say they invested, given the resources that they have, of a, a shitload. Yeah. And you can keep well, they, the team's so good as a third round likely. Yeah, you just need bodies. Clearly, like they drafted some guys last year that a couple years later are helping them out now, right? Aaron Banks starting uh, tackle. Or, I mean, starting guard, right? Uh, Ty Davis Price will eventually contribute, you'd think. Uh, was it Ambry Thomas or Lenore? I think Lenore actually went first. Thomas was second. Pretty sure Lenore was a third-round pick a couple years ago. Like, those guys, they may not help year one, but they help your team. You don't have to sign random corner because you have this guy that you drafted. And now you're heavily – your chips are in the middle of the table on this guy to be contributing. And he has an injury that – they could easily know and they're not telling. But I it wouldn't totally shock me if, yeah, we're not quite sure, but he doesn't feel comfortable with his knee, which is pretty fucking scary for a running back. But I think to to me, the part that's been most eye-opening watching him is how important to their passing game he is. You know, I know last week he was under three yards of carry, but the thing that watching him has told me about them and him together is that in some ways I think he's more important to them in the passing game. Um, he averages almost six targets a game. He's got 29 targets in five games. Okay, 29 targets in five games. Ayuk uh, has 72 targets in 11 games, which is six and a half targets a game. 29 divided by five is basically six. So he's getting targeted at a very high rate. And a lot of his targets seem to come not just at critical times, but at critical times in a play, right? He's usually not the first option in a passing play, but he's Jimmy's safety valve. So Garoppolo is a guy who likes to, you know, 
who's confident in his ability to hold, hold, hold. And Garoppolo sometimes just holds the ball with faith that something's going to happen before he's going to find somebody. 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 And because he's got that quick release, he can do it. And boom, he gets it out to McCaffrey. And I think that's been the part that I didn't. I mean, obviously, we all know Christian can catch the ball. I didn't quite anticipate that even on days when his when his run efficiency is not very good, that his his pass value is going to be really high. And, you know, maybe Tevin Coleman can do that for you, too. You're just throwing it to him. But I, I think that's the part that they maybe they knew they were getting that and they thought that he'd be really valuable for Jimmy just because the Niners dink and dunk the ball a lot. I think you really miss that play make playmaking on third and eight when you just have to dump it down to Christian, right? Or whatever. Play on second and eight. That's the part that even more so than just the run game. But the run game, it's clearly like when he's been on, you can see like it's just he looks different. So to not have Elijah Mitchell at all and to clearly whatever Christian McCaffrey is, if you told me he practiced Thursday, he's playing Sunday, no one's going to pretend that he's 100%, right? Or that whatever the issue is isn't going to pop back up. I think it's always – it's a good diagnosis when a doctor tells you all you need is rest. But, you know, it can also be a little open-ended when a doctor tells you all – like a doctor gives you some antibiotics like, here, take these, you're going to knock this thing out in three days. When they tell you rest, it's just they're basically saying we don't nothing we can do for you. So good luck. Fig kind of just you got to be patient. And um, you know, the NFL for injuries is not a very it's hard to be patient with a guy you traded a lot for and you really need. I'm not saying they can't be patient with him. I'm just saying if they have to be patient with him, you know, you're kind of in no man's land, not knowing when he's gonna be healthy. Look at what just waiting on Armstead has become. Right. I'm not saying there was anything they could have done differently with Armstead, but you don't really know what you're getting. I was wrong. Ambry Thomas <clears throat> went in the third round. Ambry Lenore Thomas ahead of Amador Lenore. Yeah, he went in the fifth. But I mean, it does speak to, you know, if I was going to counter myself. So if you, they had two third round picks in 2021, they didn't have a fourth round pick, but let's just use their two thirds, like equivalent of a third and a fourth. Aaron Banks, starting left guard. Trey Sermon, who is not on the team a year later, and Ambry Thomas, who clearly got completely passed by Lenore, right, in Womack. So if I wanted to counter what they gave up for him, you know, they still have fifth-round picks, and that's where Lenore went, right? And Jalen Moore was also a fifth-round pick, and he's played for them. So it doesn't guarantee you anything. I think that would be the first thing you'd say. But once he is on your team, you are depending on him. And you do have the red right. flag. That, that's what makes me nervous. Because part yes. of this, part of where I think they would say, well, it wasn't just for this year. He's under contract, right? Well, you're going to be depending on him next year as well, right? And, and, and him and Elijah Mitchell are going to be, I would say, <clears throat> however this offseason shakes out, those guys will, in theory, be healthy coming into training camp, and they will be viewed as the two starting running backs, correct? <laughs> I mean, that's, they're going to be your two best running backs. And one, I'm sure I can already tell you what we'll be talking about. Well, you got a Mason, Ty Davis, Price. Do they need the, uh, the good spot for another undrafted free agent? Like, they're going to need depth at that position. Do they? Can they find a guy for a veteran minimum that Kyle's had before in years past to, you know, bring back type deal? Because that's a position that they are depend on, dependent on. They, like you said, they throw the ball. They throw that ball to that position no matter what. 
right? I mean, when Debo transitioned there, he just became they, that's where they get him the ball. And if we're gonna like he he really is a wide back. He's not a true wide receiver. And, and part of their offense and their quarterback and their offensive play caller is predicated on throwing the ball as far as the line of scrimmage and behind. <laughs> and that usually is Debo. I guess they can do it occasionally to Ayuk, but it feels like they don't like that's not his main play in the running backs. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the performance package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38.5 right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. I got to tell you about the Eufy video lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house. 
with one of those big name companies that I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy video lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the 3-in-1 video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the Game Time app now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
won't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Did you watch any of the Niners Cardinals episode of Hard Knocks? I told, told you me not. You told me I not. Told you so not to. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. Is the like game action you, not good? Well, it was like you know, here's six minutes sitting down at dinner with one of the Cardinals because he's from Mexico, and it's just a lot of like, man, we're so proud of you. You know, it was just anything on the on the O line coach getting fired for groping. Barely, it's just Cliff apologizing to the team, like guys. I, this is not from for me and the coaching staff. We apologize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in no when they were in Mexico, it looked like it was at, it looked like they were back at the Cardinals facility, like they were back home when it happened. Oh. Weird. I don't know. But one of the things was the there are a few moments. One of them was uh, the um, Cardinals. I don't know if it was their D line coach. It, I don't think it was their defensive coordinator. It's always funny when you're watching film and they're like, all right, guys, 19. Uh, going to have to tackle him. You know, like they talk about these guys like no one knows it's Debo Samuel. He's like 19, <laughs> likes to get the ball into space. Uh, very difficult to tackle. 23, uh, one of the best running backs in the league. This guy's also difficult to tackle. But one of the, the thing the coach said is like 19 and 23, they're basically interchangeable. That was like part of the scouting report, right? So when you call Christian a wide back, it's yeah, just like Debo. That's how the Cardinals defense approached it, basically interchangeable. So if you look at it, let's just give their coaching staff the benefit of the doubt on the way that they viewed it. It makes the trade way more. Under, we could just get another Debo Samuel. Because yeah. you would trade, if I could just say, in, in Kyle's mind, I can just get you Debo, Sam, Debo Samuel 2.0. Would you trade your second, third, and fourth round pick? Of course you would, right? To have two Debo Samuels on this team, because you basically have one on the left, one on the right with IU running around. Yeah. So it's like put him in the backfield together, which he did. (laughs) So yeah, it makes sense. Now, I think here's the concern with it all is Debo has battled injuries. Christian has battled more injuries and is an older player. And like they are both currently battling injuries. And they're both, I mean, technically this year, Christian for them is not as expensive, but I'm pretty sure next year is like eleven million dollars. Debo makes a lot of I mean, you are you're heavily invested into these two human beings, right? Like your asset allocation financially, what you've traded for them, and now moving forward, what you're going to pay both of them. I, and I feel good. Like Debo earned it. Like Christian is just, did he earn it all in the one game? It felt like it at the time, but as time goes on, it's like, I need a little more. You know, we got to fucking beat Miami. They got yeah. two guys that are humming. Like, I, I you need some help, boys. D- Debo will be fine. I mean, Debo's battling, but like Christian, John Jennings needs some help. Knee, if the knee can't go, the knee can't go. That's the that's the problem. Like Debo will battle through whatever. If if your knee's fucked up and you can't cut, if Christian McCaffrey can't cut, he can't play. Right? Well, and if Debo had the same knee issue, we'd be. I think we'd be saying the same thing, right? Like part yeah. of it is the it's the knee. It's not a quad contusion. But also the difference is, the Niners just used a second round pick for Debo, and they've had him the whole time for cheap and now expensive. Like th- this was. Listen, I I can be prisoner of the moment as much as anybody. It, I, it's hard when you're in it, the good and the bad. But it's it was a bold move. It was a really bold move. No different than the Rams last year with Von Miller. 
But ultimately, what Von Miller always, they obviously ended up winning the Super Bowl. But Von Miller literally had a sack. Week 18, first round of the playoffs, second round of the playoffs, third round of the playoffs, the Super Bowl. Like five straight sacks in their biggest games. And a couple of those were like in the biggest moments. Yeah. I, didn't he sack Jimmy? I think on the on one of the last plays of the one game the before play. they went on the drive. Like he, that I bet at the time they're like that sack might have won us the game. So yeah. it's like this McCaffrey, it's it, for the Niners, it kind of starts right now trying to win. Who knows? I mean, Minnesota, some of these teams, like you could still you're still playing for seeding. I talk about them like they won the division. They definitely have not. <laughs> I mean, so th- there's a lot on the line these games. They, they are not nine and two and in cruise control. Also, trading for a player for a stretch run is different than acquiring the player to play his prime for your franchise, right? Like they got Von Miller. Let's just Von. We need you three month rental. Let's go. Very baseball rental. Let's Very go. Baseball-ish. Like, like we just need you. Like if McCaffrey was a four month rental, you'd be like. Rest them this week, get them back next week, and get them ready for the playoffs. Like, just yeah. run them into the – basically, like, Mostert style, like, run them into the ground. That's not what this is. Raheem, that's not what I meant. <laughs> there is that element, and hopefully that comes into play for the Niners. But I think, um, che- I think Cheetah tweeted, like, Mostert out here causing shit. <laughs> also, you know, you're a team that gets a lot of injuries with a guy that has an injury history, and that's – you're the one taking that risk, Right. If the Jets or whoever had been the one acquiring the Chiefs acquiring McCaffrey, it would feel almost in some weird way like a little less of a less of a risk, you know. Um, but the Niners, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um, I'm trying to think of the right analogy. Like, like they have a cat, and then they get a lot of players that are allergic to cats, and then they're like, "We got, well, we got rid of the cat." Looks like, yeah, but there's cat hair everywhere. How come all your players are still allergic to cats? I don't know. Weird. Is, is your it's, is your cat still coming to your place? Uh, saw him yesterday. Had a stare down with him. He got on top of the fence, and I was determined to stare him down. So I just stare, stare, stare. But you know, this cat's tolerance for a stare down is much higher than my tolerance for a stare down. I don't want to stare out there. You know what I think the Havermans need? So he turned his head. Because he heard a bird and I disappeared. It like into the night. No, it wasn't at night. It was during the day. But you know what I think the Habermans need? A crow, a dog, a, do- a dog, a dog, and yeah. and the dog would detour the cat from in that action. Maybe. <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want. I, uh, I don't want a barker. You know what I mean? Uh, you just that's part of the risk. <laughs> Get a rescue guy. Uh, you don't know what you're getting with a rescue. Well, I but you do a good thing for society. That's true, but I'm not in this. I'm not getting a dog to do something for society because the dog lives with me now. Yeah, but the dog it helps you really. You sit there when you're watching the game. You can pet him. Yeah, look, maybe it'd be great. I'm just saying, like, I'm not. You know what I want to do is something for society. Let me go get a dog to come bark in my house. But no, but here's what you do: if you don't get it, you just put it on the on a chain or a rope. You know, like during the day when it just wants to chill outside, and yeah. that way the cat doesn't fucking sniff that area. That's a great idea. Uh, or maybe see- they become friends and they start hanging out. Also a risky. Uh, was there something else you want to go to the, did we have, you said something we did Niners big game. Was there about the offense or the defense? Ah, we kind of did those topics together, didn't we? Yeah. Um, you sent me a, a tweet yesterday from a guy named John Chapman who covers the Niners about something that, uh, uh, Matt rule said on Peter Schrager's podcast about <laughs> Nick Bosa. And I listened to the podcast. It was interesting. Um, but I want to. I went and listened to it. And it turns out not only does he say something about Bosa, Matt Rule says something about 
Trent Williams uh, to Peter Schrager. Take a listen. Like you hear about Nick Bosa, like like we literally had yeah. on our call sheet this year, like because like, like sometimes in the fourth series he would rotate out. We literally had like plays that were like ninety-seven out plays. Like, like know, if he's out, we can run this. If he's in, we, we one, can't. Yeah, I mean, one person like is, is Bosa in, is Bosa in, is Bosa. Oh, he's out. Okay, now hey, let's call. Let's like, go. No one's gonna, no one's gonna match up with him. But I think the best player in the NFL is, you know, one of I, I, to me is is Trent Williams. I think. Uh, I, yeah. I thought it was funny earlier. There's that thing about his stance and all that. If I'm he like, does this, he's running. If he does that, he's passing. Yeah. Say something. Doesn't Trent matter. Williams, Trent, Trent Williams. If he told me he wanted to stand on one leg to block people, I'd say, oh, cool, do your thing. <laughs> but he is just he is just elite beyond elite oh, that's pretty good a lot going on there Trent had a pretty good rebuttal on that like we have like 7 million run plays right you have no clue he's like we literally just installed 10 new ones you have mm-hmm. no clue what's coming so even if you do know it, you don't know what run play we're coming mm-hmm. he's right because on that play where I said that McGlinchey was blocking the ghost Trent just a stoning the dude on the other side. I mean, it doesn't even look like he's trying. Like Kelsey, when he runs, he's like kind of hitting them, and the guy just stopping, and the pocket's just perfect on that side. McGlinchey's over here blocking nobody. <laughs> it's Trent went from well respected, I feel like, to the Niners being viewed like universally, like pound for pound best player in the league, no doubt about it, best left tackle, and you know, depending on what position tickles your fancy the most, like top two or three non-quarterback in the league, no one argues, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know in my football-consuming life that we've quite – everybody has talked about an offensive lineman like the best player in the league as much as – you know, obviously Mahomes, and I'm not saying – but, like, just everybody has put one guy in that category. And I think part of it is that he's so athletic and you see at the athleticism on display. I think that's part of what it takes to be – Maybe, maybe viewed that way. I don't know, but I feel like Trent Williams gets more offensive love than all the great offensive linemen of our lifetimes used to get. I do wonder if it's partly because we've have like every team now has like a twenty million dollar pass rusher and he just stones them all. Like it doesn't matter who he's playing. Maybe. I, I, I do think early, like when we were younger, like the Orlando Paces, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there have been a f- few and far between. Everyone like, kind of agrees. Anthony, like cool remember the Anthony Munoz talk in the in the eighties? Anthony yeah, Larry Allen. I think because there are like there's probably like a, always a handful. There's like, yeah, Shanahan, he's got an all-star team, John. Kyle Shanahan has an all-star team, right? Like if Bosa Bosa's a pass rusher, Trent Williams a left tackle. Like so two premium positions. He has Matt Rules, like, yeah, these are two of the best players in the league. Kyle has them both. No, we could argue Micah, we could argue Miles Garrett, whatever. But, you know, part of it is Matt Rule played against the Niners this year. So that's probably why he goes to the Niners. Like he also mentioned Grady Jarrett, who's just in his division, as he thinks one of the most underrated players in the league. But um Niners ended his career in the NFL. Yeah, Niners ended his career. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's part of it. But it's fresh. The Niners do have it all. I mean, that's one thing when you watch them. It's like it it's so obvious that they have an all-star team. And that it shouldn't feel so hard to make the playoffs every year with an all-star team. Well, they win this week. It's like they are, I would say they're playoff bound. You get to eight and four. Like they're in, they're winning 10 games. Yeah. This game's pretty big guy. I mean, this game, just the breathing room of being eight and four with these next couple games, like feel like you're locked to win one of the next couple that you're in fantastic shape. This game feels like it's going to be really hard. And I, I I just can't get around that because it's 
Do you know what's weird? We're numb to when we hear these comments. Like, yeah, no shit, Trent Sweet. Like, yeah, no shit, Debo's unstoppable. Occasionally, I'll just have a buddy like, I remember last year when Debo, like in the offseason, they're like, God, we just watched some cut-ups on Debo. Because, you know, you, when the draft comes and you start doing some comparisons, you start going looking for comps and stuff. And it's like, is he the best player with the ball in his hands in 2020? Like, they had the best player with the ball in his hands in 2021 and the best left tackle and one of the best pass rushers and one of the Nick best Rose tight ends. Just named the defensive player of the month. And it was like they, they barely got to the summit to get to the playoffs. I mean, it took like a, the most miraculous drive since like Joe Montana in like the mid-80s just to win a Week 18 game. It it, it doesn't have – you can circumvent that with, to me, a win – like you just win these like next two weeks, obviously you'd be that'd be winning three straight home games. Which at the beginning of the schedule, you, when we looked at it with Tampa in, I guess maybe we downplayed. We didn't view Miami and Tampa on the same level. Not at I, all. Ironically, Miami's way better than Tampa. The Saints were probably what we thought. Probably be wouldn't be a playoff team, but they'd be a tough little bunch. They were actually probably worse than we thought. But in an individual matchup. I actually have this theory like you watch a lot of teams that have three and four wins around the league. Like when you watch, like when you watch the Lions play, you watch the Saints play, when you watch the Cardinals play, when you watch the Raiders play, when you watch Denver play. I mean, all these teams are not going to go to the playoffs. How many teams around the league that are good would take like a, a large percentage of their starters, right? Yeah. So the, it's this is not college football that when you watch a team that ends up going five and seven or four and eight that you go god that team's got a fucking ways to go like i watch the saints goes like jesus if they just had like a solid quarterback and a decent coach like they're playoff bound <laughs> you know you watch the raiders it's like god if josh mcdaniels just knew how to win some close games and not blow it are they fucking six and four you know it's just all this is the nfl and and, and you know what's weird is players and coaches talk about all the time like any given sunday it really is like the texans really suck but for the most part in the the rams suck right now because they're Four best players are in casts and have broken ankles or high ankle sprains. But I would say the majority of like the top teams, top drafting in the top 10 in the NFL, like the Atlanta Falcons, the Detroit Lions, like these teams feel like beat Pittsburgh, you. Pittsburgh suck to you? Um, I put them closer to suck than like. I would say less. Fun, like I, I would rather play. Quarterback the, I'd just, rather play the Steelers than the Lions. Yeah, their quarterback is just. TJ Watt could get three sacks in a game. That's true. Um, I, I just I don't do two glove guys. Kenny Pickett is just man. Two two gloves indoors too. Small hands. They got to get another quarterback in there. That, that look is terrible. It's it? awful. It's so bad. <laughs> also, two gloves and then not a big arm. Like it's one thing two gloves, but man, the grip you just rocket the ball. But two gloves like just to throw it twenty yards out of that, you know, it's like. Ugh. Well, I would say two gloves guarantees you an average arm, right? We have two examples of the last like five, six years, and then Teddy and him, and it's both average to below arms. This guy, I would give Katie Pickett one thing, kind of run around. Yeah, man, I, I would, I, I would, hundred percent draft a quarterback in the first round this year if there was a guy I liked there. I would like the Steelers should definitely, if they can just get Michael, if they like Michael Penix and he's just there, they should take him. They should take him. Yeah. But he's a good example, right? Did he just have a one-off devastating injury, or is he an injured guy? Well, he's had multiple injuries. Yeah. Multiple knee injuries. So I, I think that's immediate red flag. Yeah. Like, Penix is probably going in the third or fourth round because of that. Right? 
But Michael Panix is not going me. in the first I mean, round. He, Mo- he, he's a he had a first round level season this year. He's the nation's leader in passing. Right? He's good. I, he throws I, a fucking gorgeous ball. D- dots deep balls like sneaky decent athlete. Yeah, when you take the knee brace off him, sneaky, which he has this year, decent athlete. But just like right now, I bet you could put him on. I mean, not like right now tomorrow, but to me, he could start for a third, like the bottom third of the league. He's better than their guys. I would say right now, like next year, 2023, he's good enough to be a bottom third starter. Better player than Davis Mills. Better player than Davis Mills. But so the question is like, you tell me, like, what what does the medical say? You know, both two, I think multiple ACL. Actually, this is fifth year in college football. The previous four years all ended with injury. All ended. Four straight years he ended with injury, John. Yeah, I would be stunned then if he gets drafted in the first two days. He sounds like a third-day pick. Now, he might be the first pick of the fourth round. That's pretty legitimate concern in a much more physical environment, right? Yeah, he was in the Big Ten before. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, now he's facing, like, you know, Grady Jarrett, Nick Bosa. Oh, right. I mean, okay. these guys. The the guy that put two on the I don't the think ground, it's like contact. I don't think it's contact injuries that are the problem. Well, no, he doesn't look small. Well, that's even scarier. So it's like he, he honestly could fail. I would say it's not inconceivable. I'm not. I, I, I love the guy, too. That if you just go, it's the seventh round and Michael Penix hasn't been drafted because like everyone fails him. Oh, if he has like a degenerative, like he doesn't, well, he's well, only got ha- three years left on his knee or something like well, that. Well, that happens a couple every once in a while, right? A guy that just dominates college or has a great season, no one drafts him, and it's just not like, well, he's a good guy. Like, what did he do? Kill someone? No, no, it's just everyone failed him, right? It's not something you brag about when what you fail you him. Medically. Kill someone? Well, that ha- but that happens in a draft. Like, how is this guy still on the board? I like, saw well, somebody. He doesn't have a th- seven toes. Right. Who was the guy last year that? Wasn't there a guy last year? I don't know. Maybe not. I thought there was a guy last year. The all-time. Yeah, I'm just thinking of Donovan West, who everybody thought. Is uh, like a week before the draft. Maybe it was a month before the draft, a week before the draft. Lyle Collins, girlfriend died. And even though it's like he was a high character guy, it's like, could he have done it? And it's like, I didn't do it. Like, what? But he fell in the draft, the seventh round, but the Cowboys took him. Remember, he was like supposed to go in the first round. Girlfriend died, or I mean, didn't die, murdered. What was the uh, wait? He went what pick? I think it was a seventh round pick. Lyle Collins, uh, the dude, the Cowboys right tackle forever. I thought he went like in the second or third round. No, I thought Jerry like sat down with him and took him in the second round. Maybe I I might be wrong. Sat down, remember, he had like his mom, maybe not because he had like the whole family over to dinner, undrafted. Oh, wow. So Jer- oh, I guess I may have thinking of Jalen, the linebacker from Notre Dame that Jerry took. Yeah, Where'd he take round. him? Second round, because the, the doctor. Undrafted. Holy smokes. I do love that their trainer wears a cowboy hat. Pulls An actual cowboy hat, not a Dallas Cowboys hat. No, just a cowboy yeah. hat. Yeah. yeah. Like he could just roll right into a George Strait concert knowing you just look like a Oh, Vic, thank you. Yeah. Nicobe Dean was one guy that everyone's like, well, how come no one's drafting this guy? Bad shoulders. Jeremiah from Notre Dame says the kid flash small. He just goes by three letters. Okay. Though I listened to somebody and they made a great point. The Browns built their defense uh, academically, 
right, based on numbers to just dominate the pass. Smaller guys, every guy that can run, they, they loaded up on pass rushers, corners, and, and Jeremiah Cora, Wosu, uh, who is they, they can't play the run at all. But they're like, it's a passing league, spread it out, corners everywhere. You could just they, run they the ball down their throat. And I heard someone say, like, I'm an analytics guy, but it doesn't, like, their defensive tackles are just atrocious players. But they just, like, we don't care. We just pass rush. But you just run it down them. And their defense this year has not been good. It's like, well, there has to be some balance of, like, yeah, it's a passing league, but it's like, wait, we right. just run it for six yards of carry every play? Call another run. Owosu Koromora, says Zane. I think it's a hard balance, right? Ideally, you just want, like... It's why ideally you want complete players, right? Fred Warner. I mean, the Niners have eight of them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he never has to come on the field. He can block everybody. He can make every tackle. He can cover everybody. Like, that's ideally what you want. Yeah. Even Hufunga, right, is not, I wouldn't call it a complete player. You've seen it sometimes when teams can get him just running in space. It feels like that is the spot. And that to me, like, is always going to be his question mark if i can get him manned up in the niners and this is where D'Amico deserves a lot of credit he avoids that situation for the most part which i think is going to be fascinating if D'Amico does get a job like it was pretty clear he was just kind of the next guy in line smart guy doesn't quite feel like they have that guy now and mo- most teams don't right i mean most teams when they lose a coordinator it's like well if there is not just a no-brainer next guy like what do you do you start interviewing guys Vic was like, well, I kind of want to change it to a three-four defense. You're like, ah, I kind of like what we got. It's just a, it's just a hard. I just, there's not always. I, I mean, in theory, it makes a lot of sense. But do you want Nick Bosa playing three-four as a linebacker? Like, I like him playing a four-three yeah, defense. Really. Well, how about Vic? Like, Vic, Vic can't run a four-three. I, I mean, if guy, when you were just like, uh, it'd be like saying you can't just speak another language. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to think of like some great, you know, Jimmy Page or Slash. Like they're not oh. going to play rock music. You know, it's like they, <laughs> you want them to like play country. Like, no, it's like that's he's a fucking genius at the three, four. Like he basically wrote the language. All right. Dante, Dante Whitner thought it could work. Well, I mean, I'm sure it would because he's a smart, good coach. And I think if you're Vic. One thing that's I would say the, the DC at Stanford. Yeah, I just think that makes Kyle Shanahan is you want to work for an offensive coach who is tough and yeah. cares about that shit, right? Like, right. like ultimately working for Lafleur, like they're just not a tough operation. If I was Vic, I'd be interested. You know, I don't know McVay might not have the players or the picks, but like you know, McVay cares about defense. Yeah, right. Yeah. Some some yeah. coaches just just don't or the culture of the team like the eagles they it means a lot to them like they'll invest a lot into it some teams like yeah we just want to score fucking points right i I give mcdaniel credit even though it might not have been his decision like making a pretty bold trade for a pass rusher and drafting one well uh two years ago two years ago guess not yeah um here is our week check out the just i mentioned earlier but by the way, how good does that field look? What time's your alarm going off Saturday morning? Are you approaching it like a like a Sunday London game? Like I'll just pick it up when I pick it up if I even if I do or the US gonna, soccer game? Are you gonna watch it? US soccer game? Yeah. I think that'll be a I'll pick it up when I pick it up. I think I'm gonna get up. Seven AM. 
8 a.m. for 8 you. 8 a.m. for me. That yeah. uh, no. Uh, Saturday, you know, sometimes I ease out of bed at like between 7.30 and 8.30 on a Saturday. Yeah. You got to hear. You got to hear. Alexi Lawless is angry all the time. So I got to hear what he has to say about. He's he'll be pissed about something. He's a these guys. Defenseman. These guys no excuses. Like, well, they just advanced. <laughs> Actually, I watched. Um, who's the other guy? Uh, I like Clint it. Dempsey. Yeah, Clint Dempsey. I like him. Uh, he kind of ripped a few guys the other day after the win. Legendary tough guy, I would say for the Americans. He just thought he was like he was like what is so what is this guy done? Like, what has he even done? I thought it was good. Uh, so you got the 7 a.m. We got the 5 o'clock sat- Friday night. We got the 7 a.m. USA game. What, what time's USC kickoff? Five. Don't don't love that kickoff. You'd rather like a six? Honestly, I think uh. it sucks to play it on Friday. Like a short week championship game? But they've been doing this now the whole time. I right? understand. It's just part of the TV deal they have. I'm just saying it sucks to play a short week championship game. And to like, you're kind of, you're playing on the same night as UTSA and Buffalo. Yeah, but those games don't, you know, those games don't matter. Like you could argue. I know they don't matter. I'm saying you truly get uh, just a by yourself game. Yeah, but you could get a by yourself. I mean, no, you can't. No, I don't can't. But, but I, I just think it feels a little, I think the entire country's watching you. I agree. Like, uh, listen, that it's an honor for the dogs to get on Fox. I mean, the, is the SEC championship going, game going on right during that time? Yeah, one o'clock, Georgia LSU. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, it's how about Fox? Who, what what channels? Uh, SC Utah, on? Fox. So aren't they kind of telling you? Tell me what. Well, like from a that time slot is better than the Mountain West. Well, the game is it's just got to be Friday. Yeah, I mean, they would rather have that game Friday. Then have it up against the SEC game at one o'clock on on Saturday. That, that's my point. But like they they didn't get to make that choice last week. No, it sucks for the teams and the players. But I think for the conference and the the individual, uh, like West Coast football, it, I, I do think it's a it's a benefit. It's better than playing at seven o'clock on Saturday night. I I think one hundred percent. What do you think would rate really bigger? USC Utah five o'clock on Fox or Clemson North Carolina five o'clock on ABC. I think USC Utah. Yeah, but you're just this year, just this particular year. You're just battling the South. I mean, clearly that that, you know, five o'clock Fox. So here's the deal: we got Michigan Purdue at the same time. You know, somebody made a point the other day. They're like, I know no one's picking Purdue, and nobody should be picking Purdue, but just that the Big Ten championship game is just unlike every other game that gets played in the Big Ten because the Big Ten, the weather, the conditions really matter. And then you just go in indoors on turf. And then Purdue actually had some fast guys on offense and like a solid quarterback. You want to pump that game up a little for yourself? You can think. Isn't that. Jeff Brom viewed as like a pretty solid coach too? He, he, well, he's got like, how many, like, doesn't he have four, like top five wins or something? They, they beat, they knocked people off last year. I feel like several years in a row, they've beaten a top five team. Um, big that test for, for, for Harbs. Boise, Fresno, dogs are a five-point underdog. That game's 1 o'clock on Fox. Tulane, UCF, 1 o'clock on Fox. Georgia, LSU, 1 o'clock on CBS. Morning game, TCU, do, do all the smaller conferences just play it at the team with the best record or the team I with think the tie so. yeah. yeah. So basically the power five are the ones that pick the neutral sites. Uh, the, the, uh, there's the potential that the best game is the 9 a.m. game, Kansas State, TCU. Adrian Martinez? 
Uh, is he still the guy? Or do they replace him? I uh, got hurt a couple weeks back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did see this. I'm kind of rooting for TCU to lose. I mean, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I know why. Well, just makes for a better. You don't want to watch him in the playoff. Yeah, no. But I, I'm also a little disappointed. Clearly, Ohio State's the next team up. I was rather the Alabama. I know. No, I don't really care. I guess you can't go wrong with either one of those. No, I think when one lost CJ Stroud, I actually, I don't know, a, a you an Ohio State Georgia first round matchup wouldn't be terrible. I would say that everyone involved, especially the TV networks, would rather have Ohio State Georgia and Michigan USC than TCU involved. Absolutely. Because if USC and Michigan win this week, right, they will be two and three. You'd think, or no? No. If TCU wins, yeah, I think TCU would be ahead of SC. So then Jim would have a very, very winnable first round game, huh? Yeah, because TCU is just you know you're talking about an undefeated. They are a power five. They're not you know, and they got so, real. They got an NFL player, NFL quarterback, NFL wide receivers, NFL good running team. back. They've played good teams this year. Yeah, you know. I mean, teams that aren't, you know, Oklahoma, these teams were ranked when they played them, not necessarily now, but that field goal thing was pretty sweet. It was really impressive. Yeah, it was. It was really impressive. So it's it's a a good, good Saturday. And then we talked about the other day, you know, a few good. I mean, the the other game Sunday that you mentioned was uh, what Bengals Chiefs. Bengals Chiefs. Yeah. So Jets, Jets are must see TV right now. Is it funny the Dolphins have to be one of the best teams in the league to get noticed? The Jets just can be. I'm not even complaining. Whatever the Jets are is interesting every uh-huh. year. <laughs> you know, I I love this story of like Robert Sala might have, like they might be just pulling it together. They might be all right as a as a as a program as a franchise. They need another quarterback, but they do they do have one major issue that's hard to just figure out. QB. Yeah, they just drafted. But when you overall. when you have a QB that that like is unlikable, that's such a great NFL story. No, I know, but I'm just Tyler saying, like, thing, great NFL story. It, it is hard to just just get out of that situation. That's, that's where Garoppolo. You just can't. Mike White just can't be your quarterback every year, more than likely. No, right? Garoppolo will be their guy in 2026 when the Niners finally let him go. Feels like Garoppolo's gonna have a lot of options this summer. <laughs> Season's not done yet, John. This season, Jimmy has not finished this year. Jimmy's you know, growing on me. I know, but he hasn't finished the season yet. You know, there's, there's a lot of football still to be played. Very true. A lot of football still to be played. But um, I thought you had a good take on the uh, the reported uh, birthday attendance for Russell Wilson. Can you share that take? Well, Florio wrote a headline the other day that he thought that everyone, Mike Kliss, who's a uh, well-known Denver Broncos shill, and um, wrote that he- – in a positive way that half the team showed up to Russell Wilson's birthday. And Florio took the other side that how, what an eye-opening stat that is. That where was the other half? The original I, story was a positive story. I didn't realize that. Well, Cliss just reported it, right? Maybe gotcha. took a picture. I, I'm not quite sure. He just quoted Cliss in there kind of ripping like, it's bullshit. This guy always takes the positive side. Florio destroyed it. I would have guessed five players max would have showed up. I think half, if you would have told me just the number 20 plus players showed up, and when you say half, it's more than that, I would have said, holy shit, Russell got that many people to show up for his birthday. It's pretty impressive. In, Maybe an in, 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 in season birthday on an off day, there's, it, you can, there are probably 15 guys that wanted to go and just had already promised their kid we're going to the zoo today or something. 
And I think it was Tuesday night, so they practiced the next day. I saw Albright said. So it wasn't like it wasn't Monday where they had the full day off. Just one of those, like, I gotta go to work tomorrow. You know, some people operate a little different on school or work day. So that so he had like 40 people for you know, probably 35 plus some team employees probably came. And John, that is why you buy a home with nine bathrooms. You know, he has more ba- he, 12. He has more 12. Bathroom, he has more bathrooms than touchdown passes. <laughs> I saw someone put that stat up. Was it four bedrooms, 12 bathrooms? Yeah, it was uh, something like that. Something crazy. Honestly, if you have five bathrooms, if you have a mansion and five bathrooms, like that's a lot of bathrooms. Because obviously the master bathroom does not count. It right? Because Well, but I'm just saying like only the, the husband and the wife use that bathroom for right, the most right, right. part. The kids' bathrooms are always wide open to anyone that wants to use it, right? And then there's always just the random bathroom that's usually by the kitchen or whatever that you can also use. So if you have a big-ass house... You can always do your business in whatever kids they have bathrooms. Like, oh, go use a uh, little Billy. Like, fuck, do whatever you want. And there's always just the bathroom that's just somewhere in the house, either by the living room or by the by the kitchen that's just available. Yeah. 12 is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, whoever developed that house. Um, Cam Inman Johns tweeted from Nine of Practice. Christian McCaffrey's participating. Knee okay. Debo not seen Eric Armstead third day in a row and Cam Inman included a uh, little uh, little video here of a Christian McCaffrey running around and moving, which would be great news for the Niners um, against the Dolphins. But I don't you know, I don't think this really changes any of our takes from earlier, which is you just you'd like to go a month and then two months and then a season without having to manage a mysterious knee. So good news. Good news. But. I think everything we said still stands, right? You don't doesn't change anything we said earlier in your opinion. Nope. So, but that's good news. Good Hopefully report. Debo just sleeping in or something. There, there's <laughs> cam got the watermark on the video because that'll do 400,000 views on uh cam's got a big I, following on Instagram. <laughs> you see, I mean, he's got like a hundred thousand followers or something. I know it's, it's massive. How did cam get so big on Instagram? Do you know? Uh, I've, I, I don't know. I think his daughter just uh, manages his account for him. No, I don't, I'm kidding. I thought it was like his account, and then I looked. I was like, Jesus, this is, don't sleep on Cam Emmons. Don't, no, absolutely don't. Uh, no rain gloves for Jimmy. Also, good news. All right. On that note, thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Adios, Pelota. Have a great weekend. Uh, by the time we talk Sunday, who knows? Deion Sanders might be the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. That'll be a great story. Did I you see the did the other day. Yeah, it was funny. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so good. He's clearly going, right? I think so. Yeah. All right, everybody. Adios. Later. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.